everybody, and uh, welcome back to another episode of 90s Horror Films. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and uh, I've got my awesome, awesome co-host and uh, slash special guest here, Jason Zalakis. How are you doing, Jason? Doing great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thank you for coming on, uh, especially such short notice, because, you know, I was like, oh, crap, I haven't done a 90s horror films yet, and it's actually due tomorrow. So let me... Yeah, or whatever it's well it's, yeah it's due on friday so i was like let's just get this uh get this going so i was like what can i do i was looking up 90s horror films didn't realize gremlins 2 is it was made in 1990 so i was like all right but who can i get that has like hbo max or it's like at least watch you know has a capability of watching this film so uh, i asked you and you said sure so thank you yeah, of course, you know, and I had seen it before. I saw it. I, I'd seen it. Um, I'd seen it as a kid, and I actually own it on DVD. Um, but I haven't watched it in since my kids were little, so I haven't watched it in maybe fifteen years. Wow, you know, yeah. So, so uh, it, it's so been I a watched while. it again. I, I did. I watched it again uh, because you, you know, when you invited me on the show, I decided. Well, I better freshen up, so I, I watched it again, and wow, <laughs> it's not what you remember, it is it. It's not. It it doesn't hold up, honestly. Really? Um, I actually yeah. thought it did, but uh, but I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna love hearing your thoughts on it because you know, like I thought actually it's exactly what the world needs to hear right now, in my opinion. But uh, needs to see right now. But like, uh, what what didn't you think held up? I want to hear that. Well, okay, so I I hear what you're saying about that the uh, what the world needs to hear right now because there is a correlation between clamp. And another guy who um, they that they clearly are uh, making a satire of. They're pointing him out. He's a New York developer, a pretty famous one. Um, and they were um, even at the time they were doing a satire on him. Uh, and now they, uh, you know, now it still holds true. But I hear what you're. Uh, but for me, what didn't hold up is mostly um, Gizmo himself is really bad. Uh, like there's a scene where Gizmo dances and it looks really CGI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it mean, looks really I don't terrible. think it's CGI. It was a puppet. It was an animatronic puppet at that time. Well, the parts with the puppets seem to be fine, but there's a part where it's like it's not CGI, but I guess it's like animated or something. It like because it doesn't. It's not like a. You can tell it's like um, superimposed over the film, and. Like specifically the parts where he comes out and he does like a whole when he starts you know, dancing and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I, that was one of my favorite parts. I was dancing along with Gizmo. I don't know. I you liked that it. part. You thought that part was good. I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed seeing him. And I don't know what what did you watch it on DVD or did you watch it on HBO? I watched it on Max. Yeah, okay. on HBO. Mm-hmm. See, you know, you know what? Um, it is an HD then, and the problem we've talked about this on multiple different podcasts that I do. Uh, the problem with HD and or like 4k or, you know, those kind of things is that like what happened in the nineties and everything and the way it looked was specific. And when you saw it on video, it didn't look that bad. Right. When you see it on HD, it's more defined and you can see like, you can see hairs on it, on, on you know, clear, you know, and everything. And when when that happens, it looks bad because it wasn't meant to look like that, you know. It, it I, so that's what I think when I watch that. I was wondering if some of it might be that. I was wondering if some of it might just be that uh, that you know, okay, I'm watching it now when obviously technology has changed. And but you know, that's what I mean. I guess like that's what I mean by it kind of didn't hold up. For me, there was a bunch of those parts where he looked really terrible. I honestly thought Gizmo himself was really terrible. Like, I just thought he wasn't he wasn't the star of the show or whatever. You know what I mean? He got most of the time he's locked up in a in a thing. Like I I I honestly wanted to see more Gizmo, you know? Um in the Right. Movie. He I, you know, at the end, I watched it with my daughter. We and I, you know, we uh, we both sat through it. And I turned to her and I said, you know, Gizmo's hardly in it. Right. Like, like honestly, like Gizmo, uh, he is not a big part of the film. But the parts he's in are extra, um, like what I would say for children. Yeah. He's, you know, did you notice though that he's got really human fingernails? 
I like, did not his, notice that, but now his hands, to... his hands are in it like so much. Like, you know, and he's like, and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, he's terrible. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why he's not in it as much. Maybe they couldn't do a lot more with him that they wanted to. So they wanted to really focus on the puppets, you know, running around and everything. I did think I noticed that Rick Baker did the effects and, uh, you know, Rick Baker does all the great effects of those movies of that era. And so the puppets themselves are really good. You know, the, the, mm. the gremlin puppets. Um, and, and it's more, it's more about gremlins this one than it is about Mogwai's. The, like, you know, really Gizmo's the only Mogwai. The other ones are only Mogwai for, you know, maybe four minutes. Until and they become gremlins. Yeah. Until they, they become gremlins, like almost right away. And, you know, so I, the effects of the puppets, I thought were really cool. I liked the puppets. You know, and, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to rewatch the first one. I hadn't seen that in a while either. And I should have done like a back to back thing, but, uh, did not. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's sort of like the idea is that like, it leaves off from the first one or after the first one, I'm guessing they gave the Mogwai back to the, uh, the grandfather guy the the old guy the old guy you know basically ran the shop you know or whatever which yeah i'll say this i was i was like thinking about it they were clamp and clamp industries or whatever were very nice when it comes to the old guy because they could have been like you know what we need this now we're just going to tear this down without you know we don't need him to sign over we're just going to do it anyway but then they were like oh He's old, and he, you can hear that cough. He, he's just gonna croak, and you know, uh, and and six months later he croaked, and they're like, "Let's take over." <laughs> or six so weeks. It was six weeks. Never mind. Yeah, it, it wasn't very long, right? So he, in the first movie, at the end of the movie, when everything the town is all bizarre and everything and all this crazy stuff happens, he the old guy shows up again, and he takes Gizmo back. I feel like I'm really out of focus. But he, uh, he, you're not seeing me out of focus. No, you, you look fine to me. I don't know. Okay, it might just be my eyes are out of focus. But uh, anyway, so he shows up at the end of the movie and he takes Gizmo back. He says, um, you know, uh, he gives some lesson. You know, oh, you people shouldn't be this way, or you know, I told you, you don't listen, and all this stuff. But he has a grandson, right? So, and the grandson is the one who originally sold the Mogwai to Rand Peltzer, and so. The grandson's like, my, my grandfather doesn't know and he needs the money. And at the um, so when they come to this next movie and they're like, hey, we want to build the Chinatown development or whatever. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to sell. And the, they, they treat him really bad. They go like they, they, they come in and they like they look like all his trinkets and they think it's all terrible. And, um, you know, they give him that TV and then they, they have like a, a video cassette that gives them the message, which I thought was hysterical mm. that they were using. You know, and then they're like, keep the TV. And at that time. A TV VCR combo would have been worth a ton of money. <laughs> and, you know, they could you know, have sold it, it as a trinket in a store if you wanted to. Because right? he hated so, TV, so why not sell it anyway? He hated TV, that that guy, right? So obviously, and that's the segue for Gizmo to watch the that two-second clip of Rambo. Right. But the next thing you know, they're demolishing the building with all the stuff inside. And that's you know what allows Gizmo to get free, right? Is all they demolish the building with all the stuff inside, but but where is the grandson? The grand, like that building, that all the stuff, it would have gone to somebody. It would have been like inherited. So the grandson, like nobody care. The old guy just dies and all that stuff. They're like, whatever. <laughs> um, maybe not. Uh, I mean, they don't show it. But as you said in the first one, the grandson was the one who sold the thing. So he was obviously one of those people that just didn't care, you know, like or or whatever. Like he probably just wanted money, you know. And so he probably, and it doesn't say it or anything, but he was probably, they, they probably came to him afterwards and said, you know, we're going to buy this from you. And he was like, okay, you know, my grandfather's not here to run it. So, you know, theoretically, he just sold it the whole business, right? He right. never even, he never even came and looked at anything. He could care less about his grandfather. Right. Exactly. You, you know, know, including it, Gizmo himself, who's poor Gizmo. You know? Right. Right. And then Gizmo's on the street and those two guys pick him up and they're all weird about it. Well, you don't even see the guys at first, right? So you have no idea who these people are that's just picking up poor Gizmo and taking him away. And you find out it's a, 
it's weird. Like that whole building that these people own had like so many different things in it, like all random, you know, like I forgot what she said, what Phoebe Kate said at one point, but she pointed out all the different things that it had, including a cable network. And also it had its own uh, genetics lab or something, you know? Yeah. The genetics lab, I don't know if you saw it on the door, but it's called, the genetics lab is called Splice of Life. And it said designer genes, but genes is G-E-N-E-S, like designer genes. Did not see that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome that you pick those little things up, you know, or whatever. I look for all that stuff hidden in the movies, man. That's that's my thing, you know. And of course, the two guys, the two twins, <clears throat> excuse me, the two, the two twins who pick up Gizmo, they are the cop in Terminator 2, who um, he's a security guard or whatever, and, and the, yeah. you know, the, the part where the floor comes up, and uh, and then he you know he he like copies him, he becomes him, and, and uh, he he like sticks him with the the little pointer finger, and he becomes him is because those two guys are those two guys are twins, so that's how they did that effect is they had one twin looking at the other twin, one of them was supposed to be the T one thousand, but it's those same actors. That's funny. I don't know. Cause that was like that was what like a year after or something ninety one that uh, that they were in that movie. So they were they were he was twins in Gremlins, and then he got to play twins again in a way like you know or whatever. I have a little little scene like that in Terminator Two. I, that's that's cool. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, I didn't I recognize him, but I was guys. like, he looks familiar. You know. Yeah, he's the he's the security guard in Terminator Two who gets it. You know, <laughs> and and you know what else? I loved, of course, Christopher Lee had a great part uh as the evil doctor yep. and so you know to me i that was one of the things i did like about the movie was there was a lot of cool cameos john astin of course john he astin was the, as the uh, janitor right as the janitor and you know he's the original gomez adams from yep. uh from the uh from the adams family also and i believe the father of sean astin he know, is uh, the father of sean you know, astin who I, who I adore like because he's like one of my icons you know um uh he's uh yeah so there was hulk hulk hogan and, uh, yeah, and a, the, what what did, what did you think about that Hogan part? Like it's purposely put in to be ridiculous. Well, all of it is purposely put in to be ridiculous because to go into that scene, to, to mention that scene, like they're, they're having a very serious scene in that. And then all of a sudden it starts like the, the camera starts messing up or whatever. And, and things start like, you know, it becomes like a white screen. And then you see the gremlins playing with, uh, with their like hands and everything making hand puppets or whatever uh shadows or whatever and then uh it turns you know it's trying to say like the gremlins are inside your theater you know basically which doesn't really work for home video you know as much but you know still a cool little thing and then um interestingly enough uh we did matinee for hollywood knockbusters a few uh months back and matinee also directed by joe dante was had theater stuff you know he loves like william castle and that kind of stuff so i wonder if he did anything in the theaters had like gremlins like you know fake little gremlin puppets appear in every theater and and stuff like you know just little puppets appear and people like freak out you know like that would be what i would do you know it costs probably a lot more money but you know well worth it to have a gimmick you know yeah, you know, I, I want to say I saw it in the theater, but I would have been like a junior in high school and I may not have seen it in the theater. But I can remember either Gremlins or Gremlins 1 driving by the theater and seeing it its name on the um, on the marquee that Gremlins. I remember when it was playing, but I'm not sure if I saw it in the theater or not. I, I'm pretty sure I saw one of them in the theater, but I can't I'm not sure if it was the second one or the first one or both. Wow. Um, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, but I do remember seeing Karate Kid in the theater that I do remember. So I, I know it's, uh, the original movie would have been around the same time as Karate Kid probably. And it's, so I may have, I may have seen the first one. It's funny. Cause I remember seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the theater. And that was the same year as Gremlins too. Um, but I don't think I saw Gremlins two in the theater because, I was I would have been eight, I want to say, when that happened, you know, um, like 1990. Yeah, about eight years old. And I was uh, 
basically, you know, not sort of not old enough to really watch somewhat, even though it's PG 13 or whatever. I don't think my parents really wanted me to go see like somewhat horror films that would have freaked me out as a kid, you know, but this is a family friendly horror film. Yeah. And you know, I, it's, I don't know, you know, I, I guess it's a horror film. It has monsters in it and you know, that kind of thing. But I was really thinking it was more like a comedy at this point. It was. And to go to what we're talking about with the Hulk, he shows up because they're trying to get rid of the gremlins in the theaters. And that was a funny scene. Like he was just there to scare the gremlins into to, to putting the film back on. Right. You so know? who was he aimed at? Is he is Hulk Hogan? Is he aimed at teenagers? Is he aimed at young kids? Like who is his appearance for? Like, you know, or did he did he just talk to Dante and go, listen, brother, I really want to be in your next movie. Like, you know, I mean, because he plays Hulk Hogan. He doesn't play anybody else. Yeah. You know? They they said, like, uh, I, I forgot what he called him. Didn't he, did he call him something or did he just say, sir? The guy that, Hulk. Hulk, yeah. Yeah, the, and, the theater, like, the theater guy who's, he's a major actor, that guy. And he comes over and he goes, excuse me, Hulk, but we have gremlin problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing they had like major actors playing small bit parts in this movie and i think a lot of it is just because it's just a spoof on everything you know it, so it's what it's definitely that it's definitely that was one of the things i think because the, the you know the first movie is so lovable and it's really fun and everybody liked it i think they were able then to use it to get a lot of people that wouldn't normally do this kind of movie they would get them to be in it because joe dante is you know, known and the gremlins is fun. And so they can get all these cool cameos, but the whole movie is uh, even a commentary on itself. When that lady comes out of theater and she goes, this is even worse than the first one. You know, like they, Mm -hmm. they even make fun of their own movie. Oh, uh, Leonard Moulton is talking about gremlins and blah, blah, blah. And then the gremlins attack him. And then he gave uh, gremlins two, three out of four, uh, three out of five stars or whatever in his review and his review guide, you know, um, saying it was good, but you know, and I was like, well, at least he's honest, you know, you didn't just use that cameo as a way to say, oh, I'm gonna give this five star, you know, so but if you gave it five stars or whatever, people would be like, you can't, you know, you're in it, you know, like you right. can't really review your own the film that you're in. I mean, I don't do that. I don't review any of the films I've acted in or the films I've made because, you know, I'm going to be a little biased, you know, sure. no matter what, you know, you know he uh, I think the review he gives of Gremlins one was his original actual review of the movie. Yeah, I because he you know, and he's like, oh, Gremlins one is so, you know, terrible and it's all awful. I'm sure he said that in real life. I you bet know, that's and, why they want, which is great, you know, because that meant that Joe Dante just has like this uh you know thin skin you know right like he just doesn't he doesn't or thin thin thick skin whatever yeah he he would be thick Thick right right (laughs) yeah thin skin would mean that no you know he'd be crying over this but no he he has a thin skin about it or thick skin same thing uh thick skin thick skin about himself because he knows you know straight up that you know people are gonna bomb his movies you know people are gonna say they're they're terrible, but the thing is, it doesn't matter what the reviews say, you know, no matter what. It doesn't even matter, like, if we review this and we gave it our scores or whatever, it wouldn't matter, you know? Right? Right, right. No, and, you know, it, ultimately in Hollywood, what matters is the box office sales. You know, I mean, that's all they, that's all anybody cares about. Oh, it's the number one movie in the world. It's the number one movie in, you know, the number exactly. one animated movie or whatever. That's the only thing people seem to care about when it comes to Hollywood. You know, how much money can they make? It's not really about the, you know, the film. And I, I think this film says, uh, says that a lot. It shows that, you know, it's ridiculous. And if you thought the first one was ridiculous, well, we're really going to go crazy with the second one. Exactly. The first you one know. was nuts because it all centered around like one house, you know, and everything and like the neighborhood or whatever. This centered around a building like they had to do. I wonder what the next one would be like Gremlins in a Hotel. Or gremlins and a, you know, like, I mean, what? Because they are making another one, by the way. Really? They've been like, in they're talk gonna, gonna... while. I don't know what's the deal with it, you know, but I know they've been talking about doing it for a while, 
you know, and everything. And it's, if you look on IMDb, there is a Gremlins 3 in development, you know. Um, so that'd be great. Wow. The newer batch, the yeah. newest batch. Yeah. The nextest batch. <laughs> the, you know? Right. The, the next generation. I the think, next- I think honestly, doing another Gremlins wouldn't be terrible. I think now with, with the technology we can do, with the stories we write, I think that, uh, that it would be pretty cool. You know, I would not want it all CGI though. I would like it to go back to puppets and and animatronics and stuff because I'm I'm sick of like CGI kind of killing off like if you know like uh, like movies like this you know um, but you know there's critters I think critters just got new stuff because of uh, Shutter you know so I would love to see Gremlins and Gremlins is Warner Brothers you know um, as we know from the very beginning of the film where we have Daffy Duck the whole time. Yeah, that, the Daffy Duck thing was really atrocious. Uh, that was another so? part of it. Oh, I hated that. And he comes back at the end, and um, he does like a Ferris Bueller thing during the credits where he like pops up and he's like, why are you still here? You know? And, and then he, <laughs> he, steals, uh, he steals Porky Pigs, that's all, folks, at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought that was pretty awful, that shameless promotion. Uh, it, it was, but I think it was. Uh, there was a point to it, you know, because I think at that point, because I know later Joe Dante worked on the uh, Looney Tunes. You know, he did. Um, uh, I think it was Back in Action or one of them. I don't think he did Space Jam. He did Back in Action. I want to say. Really? So, yeah. So he was a Looney Tunes guy. Like he loved. Uh, he loves Warner Brothers and. Uh, Looney Tunes, so he was excited, I bet, to put them in there, but uh, um, let's see. Uh, Yeah, Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, wow. And one of the gremlins gets a Looney Tunes tattoo. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Not a Looney Tunes, a Warner Brothers logo. Sorry, the Warner Brothers emblem. One of them gets that as a tattoo. Nice. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of like promotion for Warner Brothers and I don't know if Warner Brothers at that time was maybe going through some, you know, hard times or anything and needed needed selfish uh, or um self I guess selfish promotion, you know, because it was right. selfless. Um but uh what is it? Uh yeah, so he had done and Joe Dante had done well obviously Gremlins, but he also done one of my favorite movies that um, I hope to do for one of my other shows at some point was just explorers, you know, and, and everything. So I, I mean, and, and one of the guys from explorers, uh, one of the kids in it is the yogurt jerk. You know, there's two yogurt jerks in right. there. And uh, you know, when the, when the, they're in the yogurt and everything and pop up, they think it's a rat and it's really a hairy gremlin. You know. <laughs> There was that was another scene where they're doing a commentary where the ladies are like, "Are your peanut butters all natural?" And she's like, "Oh, and it's health food because they're eating yogurt, even though it's M and M's and all this crap all over it." She's like, "Oh, it's health food," and they were totally making a commentary at that time about how you know the way people eat and the way people live. Absolutely, there was that. There's commentary on technology and how uh, we're going to be really, really advanced and. I guess he didn't know how soon, but it wasn't it wasn't much longer than this movie that we started getting all these smart technology. And they called that building a smart building. And I'm like, was that did that, did something like that ever exist before? Like so or did he I, come up with that? Well, I think it's a takeoff Trump Tower. I think uh because it's a you know, it's supposed to be in New York and it's but Gremlins, it, you know, by nature, the the term gremlin comes from um when technology goes wrong. And, you know, technology doesn't work right. And so it's supposed to be, oh, you have gremlins in your in your system, you know, and, it, and that's what Futterman, he is the the link to sort of that thought process that, you know, oh, there's gremlins in the system. And what Dante did, of course, was put actual gremlins yeah. in the system. And so they, the first thing they do is mess with the t- technology. One of them even becomes, you know, electricity becomes technology, essentially. Yeah. And uh, goes into know, the technology and the, uh, into the uh, electric, electric stuff and just starts kind of messing around with everything. I thought that was funny. So you know? how come he can become electrical and not be killed, but everybody else can be killed by it? And then he like, and where did he go at the end? If he's theoretically electricity, he should theoretically still be alive. 
I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, of I, course, I'm nitpicking a, a, a movie about fictitious creatures, but well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought that's what they were going to do at the end, you know, with the uh, electricity, because I hadn't seen it in forever. But I thought they were going to take a... Um, uh, have all of them because they were electrocuting all of them. I thought they were going to just send them all into the little space where they can never harm anybody ever again, you know, or whatever. Because that's sort of what they do is they trap that little that little electric guy into, you know, one of the, you know, like where you just can't escape, you know, and everything. Right. So right. I thought they that's what they were going to do, like but they literally just melted them. You know? Yeah, they just right. You know, which is cool, and I thought that effect was really neat. I really liked that scene. I really liked the scene where the one is kind of like the smart one is talking, and it kind of like he melts down, and he's like his glasses fall off, and he looks really gnarly. And I thought that was really cool because in the first movie they do that sort of death of of Stripe, where he uh, you know melts down and he gets all and he's all gnarly looking. It's super scary at the end. So I thought that was a cool nod to that. Well, also, yeah, that was interesting because they didn't really go into uh, that that kind of thing where they didn't um, uh, the, him being like wasn't gnarly and scary. You know, these were more funny and goofy. You know, nobody was really scary in this. You know, they were just except maybe the spider. The spider, like, right? The spider was kind of scary at the end, but uh, you know, but the the main bad guy was just goofy. You know, he's on he was on the news trying to tell everybody because he was also because they took the brain uh, brain hormone, you right. know, and I thought and all of a sudden he could talk and he was very smart, you know, which I thought was great. Um, I'm like, I don't I don't know if you drank brain hormone. That would, that would literally happen like that for a creature, you know, I that was one thing I did think was cool was that they they go into the, you know, obviously the genetics lab and they um they can are able to do a lot of different things. They're able to showcase a lot of different effects, um, you know, with, with that, they can make the spider one, they can make the bat one, you know, they can make the vegetable guy. Um, and so I thought that that was really cool. That was a neat use of their, um, you know, their puppetry to sort of expand the gremlins universe. I, you know, I thought that, that was cool. I love how that one guy was like, I, I, told you guys not to do the genetics lab we could have had surgeons and psychologists in here but no we had to have a genetics lab <laughs> that was the yeah. whole cause of everything <laughs> you know and i think that's another commentary i think it is i think uh you know that's another another dante's commentary on that that uh you know genetics labs are are what they are i mean we have them in real life uh you know and so i think uh for him to to say you know, maybe we shouldn't be messing with these things. I think that's another commentary. Um, you know, and I think the technology of the building, that's a commentary. But clearly, like I was saying, you know, Clamp represents someone. And you, you know, mentioned for that, his name already. So yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much say he, he pretty much uh, is pre-2016 Trump, like he way is. early Trump, 90, uh, 80s and 90s Trump, where he was... He was just a, a developer who was uh, just famous for being rich, you know, pretty much. He was you the know, first Kardashian, basically. They, they, show, they show the book that Clamp wrote, and it's literally Trump's book. It's the same cover. It's, you know, art of the deal. It's the same cover, and it's silver instead of gold. Is how they get away with it. And, you know, obviously Clamp, Trump, they're both the same amount of letters. You know, And then Clamp clear. and Trump sound similar enough. Right. You know? um, so I never thought Seriously. about it when I was saying that. Then you were kind of mentioning it was somebody like, I was like, okay, I, I, I sort of get that now. You know, I actually just watched a uh, commercial for McDonald's that had the grimace talking to Donald Trump. thought that was so funny. Would not happen now. You know, no, would, no, no. It definitely wouldn't happen now. And, you know, and I, but even though to think, you know, people go, well, you know, he was whatever he, you know, in the presidency, they're even commenting on the way he was all the way back in 1990. Like, you know, they, they, they have comments on, you know, what he's doing in New York and what he's, you know, what he's about and how he doesn't know what's going on in his own company and, you know, uh, how he's only concerned about the television and they have, you know, I mean, they're really like, even then they, they almost like Joe Dante knew, you know, knew well, ahead of time. <laughs> it was so funny when we, we kind of see him in his office and he's just kind of bored, you know, in his office because 
he didn't really have anything to do. He was getting everybody else to do everything. So he was just like, what am I going to do? Right. You know? And I love that because like, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to do something. Right. So when they, when, um, Billy asked him and, uh, and what's his name? Prosky, I guess, uh, the, the, basically what's that guy's name? The, um, uh, Robert Picardo's character. Um, well, I just absolutely love him. Um, He's in a lot of his movies. Uh, he was no, not Prosky, uh, Forster, you know, when, yeah, oh, when right, the, right, you know, bad guy, Forster, and Billy go into the room. He was like, Hey, I'll help, you know, because he had a actually at that point, he had, uh, I guess he used a garbage disposal or something, and then like, or shredder, the shredder, and, and shredded, uh, the gremlin, remember? Yeah, you know, and so, I. I love okay. that guy, uh, Picardo's character. I love, I love that actor. You know, um, he he was great in so many things, and he's sort of the fall guy, uh, you know, for the for the whole thing. You know, the uh, a clamp comes off as the hero, while you know Forrester takes the fall. Yeah. You know, for and and then I love at the end when he's all, you can have a half day off, like yeah, know, and he's like, oh, thank you for giving me a half day off, like right. Even uh -huh. that's a commentary, you know. But they didn't get all the gremlins at the end. There are some gremlins still around. So, right. So the electrical gremlin could still be there. The uh, Obviously, the female is still there. Um, you know, and I don't know. I, I know she's, at the time even, people were like, there's a female gremlin? You know, like, and she's the only one. She's like the smurfette of gremlins. Right. You know? She's smurfette of gremlins. Because she she drank, I guess, the, the female potion. I don't know how that works, but, you uh, know. Whatever. However, she got, they got made and. So I'm right. guessing, could she make other female gremlins? Like, can that happen? Right. How does, how does, the, like, I don't know if that, that gives her reproductive organs or, or, you know, what that really means, because obviously the gremlins multiply, which I thought was interesting. If you get the gremlins wet, they produce more gremlins. But if you get a mogwai wet, it produces more mogwais that can then become gremlins. Right. And so I thought that was kind of neat that they were like, well, gremlins can just make straight to gremlins. Right. They don't have to make mogwais from the gremlins, you know, or whatever. They just completely make. So you don't want to get a gremlin wet. And uh, right. as most people should know, if you've seen any of the gremlins movies, there are three rules for the gremlins. You, you can't uh, feed them after midnight. Definitely can't. You can't get them wet. And you can't uh, have them uh, direct sunlight will kill them, basically. But light, bright light, they're scared of. So a lot of times they're using flashlights or, you know, any kind of light that would just, you know, make them freak out. Which I was wondering, why, how can, yeah, I guess how bright does a, a light have to be before, you know, they they freak out, you know? Well, they were using those flashlights that are the building. The flashlight, mm -hmm. the building that's a flashlight, and you could tell they kept crapping out. They don't work, and which which is another commentary on the kind of materials that Clamp was making, you know, and uh, because he even his souvenirs are junky, and, right? You know, and so the the flashlights don't work. Um, but I also thought that there was a really fun part where the uh, the people that are like the I guess they're like at the news desk or at the television screens or whatever. They were commenting on the rules about, well, what if it has something stuck in its teeth and it eats after midnight? Or what if, you know, it flies in an airplane? And all of those things were things that people said after the first movie. Probably. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I never, that, that was never things I heard, but I'm pretty sure they heard that, you know, those questions. And I'm sure so they, they did. Were, they said a line like, well, I don't know. I didn't make the rules, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and that's just an easy way to just say as a writer, it could be, you know, I, I don't know, you know, like we can't, right. we can't say that because we're not going to show that scene, you know, of them having something stuck in their teeth and then swallowing it. And then, uh oh, <laughs> right. I, you know, so and I thought so I thought that was pretty cool that they sort of addressed it. And like you said, they don't have a real answer for it. It's you know, it's hypothetical. And, you know, people want to poke holes in the gremlin story. But ultimately, it's about these little creatures. So, you know, it's how real does it have to idea. be? Yeah, right. it's a ridiculous idea to start with. So, you know, how good can it really how, how on point does it have to be? You know, because, to, like, to find well, that as a flaw. Yeah, because like the original movie was just at that time, everybody was making 
these little creature movies, critters and uh, ghoulies and, and, and gremlins and, you know, right. They might've been one of the first, you know, um, all those other ones came out because gremlins was, was popular enough or whatever. And, and, and that stuff, but I, I don't think it was that popular to begin with. It became popular, you know, over time. No, it, it became... was, it was huge. And it was huge when it came out. Okay. And so even, did... even when he says, when at the end, when he goes, you know what I see when I see that creature? He goes, I see them with little suction cups stuck to car windows everywhere. They made that toy. That's a real thing. And they said and, merchandising. You, know, you ever thought of merchandising? It, it was the merchandising, right? And he, that toy was real. And Garfield had one. And Garfield was on everybody's car in the 80s. He was yep. stuck on the window just like I, that. I remember seeing that. Yeah. And so they're even commenting on the merchandise itself. You know, and there wasn't as much merchandise. There's a lot more Gremlin stuff now. But back then, you know, Gremlins was still, there was a stuffed gizmo, there was a bendable stripe, there was a bunch of toys made for, for you know, the, the line of Gremlins. And it was huge. And it did spawn, you know, like, just like Child's Play spawned a whole bunch of toy movies that would kill you, uh, you know, like uh, Puppet Master and Dolly Dearest and all these other movies where, yeah. um, you know, the, the doll comes to life. Gremlins spawned all those movies with, like you're talking about, critters, where they're essentially just bad gremlins. You know, they're they're essentially just evil. You know, and you know, Ghoulies, another one where the little monsters come out to get you. You know, and and all of that stuff. And we we couldn't get enough of that in the '80s. We liked that idea. So interestingly enough, the first movie cost seven million dollars. No, wait, eleven eleven million dollars. Eleven million dollars. It. Uh, opening weekend it made 12 million dollars but over time it made 153 gross million dollars so it made a huge profit uh gremlins 2 cost 50 million dollars uh opening weekend only made 9 million dollars and grossed 41 million dollars that's ugh, you know yeah, it, didn't so even, it, it it was a bomb in a way like it did not do as well as uh, the other, you know, as the first one did. So I think that's why they didn't end up making a Gremlins 3, you know. Um, but they should have anyway, or made a Gremlins TV show or tune. Okay, I don't well, know back, that... then, back then, movies weren't made into TV shows. Now they're immediately thinking, let's do a, you know, a series, a spinoff. But back then, they weren't, you know, they weren't doing that. The Gremlins, the TV show, you know, wouldn't have, wouldn't have taken. You wouldn't have taken, you know. Actually, and, it would have because I think Saturday morning cartoons—they were doing a lot of stuff like Karate Kid, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, all that stuff. Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was cartoon before it was actually a live-action movie. I think. I guess. I guess you're right that that the okay. So in animated, in role, animated, they could have done an animated Gremlins, and I would have sure been cool with that. I guess as a kid, but I just I, I was thinking think live-action. You know. Yeah. And they could have brought in Bugs Bunny and shit if they want to do. Since Warner Brothers, <laughs> maybe they should do that now. I mean, what is Warner Brothers Discovery doing except, you know, thinking, you know, what what would the people want? I would, I would love to see a cartoon made of Gremlins now. Um, I don't know who owns the rights. I know Warner Brothers does, but I don't know, like, you know, if they would just, if they just greenlight shows and movies like that, you know, because they are. Because they now are Warner Brothers Discovery, and they are like reevaluating and changing and doing a lot of stuff, you know. Um, so I don't know if if they'd have to see if it would be marketable now, you know, to do Gremlins or whatever. Because well, I mean, uh, they do have a fan base. You know, all they're doing is uh, now is trying to you know get their superheroes launched. They're just you know constantly trying to make batman and make you know superman movies and trying to launch the superhero stuff as you know as best they can and honestly as far as tv goes they're they put out some of the best you know superhero shows in, in my opinion you know Warner yeah, why not so, do a gremlins even if it's live action live action might be tough because if it costs like 50 million back then that'd be like doing a hundred million dollar show now probably uh, and it would be a hundred million dollar show. You know what I mean, like, or something like that. You know what I mean, like it would be tough to, to tough to like, do that. Like they'd have to keep it way low on budget, you know, in order to make. This would be streaming pretty much. It would be on HBO Max, but I'd watch right. it. Right. 
Well, oh yeah, I think, and I think it would have a huge fan base because I think now the, the 90s are really popular, you know, that kind of thing, that nostalgic thing is, is like you were saying, they're bringing it all back. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with a movie and then potentially a show could, could happen now, um, you know, and it was $50 million when you think about how many puppets are really in the second one. Yeah. They have all the Mogwai puppets, then they have all the Gremlin puppets, and you know, and the Gremlin puppets way go more. on and on. Oh, there were hundreds. Yeah, you know, and that was wonderful. Like you know, and uh, they all wanted to leave. You know, to go. Uh, uh, they wanted to go into New York. They want to attack New York, which I I hate to say, but I kind of wanted to see that. I wanted to see Gremlins take Newton. I want to see Gremlins take Manhattan. Come on. You right, know. the Gremlins take Manhattan. Yeah, you, you know, know Jason's and, ta taking Manhattan. The Muppets have taken Gremlins should take Manhattan. You know, so so that's what I think they could be worried about when it comes to uh, like a puppet show. You know, is is are they going to end up looking like the Muppets take Manhattan? Or you know, with the Gremlins walking around? You know, hey, you know, here we go. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, <laughs> the only difference between like the Gremlins and the Muppets or something is the Gremlins are just these silly little things that just like to cause trouble. Because right. like all all the Gremlins were originally anyway were like you would you would hear people say uh there's a gremlin down there right which just meant that if something wasn't working you know they had a name for something that was supposedly like a a, a fake thing that was screwing up your stuff like playing fucking with your car or something exactly now, right so gremlins was just you know they had to come up with a name for these things that were running around causing chaos you know and that's you know the title or whatever and i love that because in, in the first movie butterman when he's messing with his car he goes it's gremlins i tell you there's gremlins in the thing and he doesn't know what a gremlin is you know yeah. they're not called that then he gives them the name because of what you're talking about because it's that something is messing with the technology something is messing with the electronic system it's you know there's a gremlin in the system is what they used to say right. and that's obviously where the name comes from Dick Miller, man, Dick Miller. He's been in a bunch of Joe Dante stuff, and he used to pop up. I don't think he's around anymore, sadly, but uh, he was one of my favorite, like, you know, actors that you would just see in random things. You'd be like, ah, I remember him, you know? And he was Futterman, and he was just fantastic. Like, one of my favorite characters in that thing, because, like, he was just visiting New York with his wife and happened to visit on the wrong time. Once again, you know, right. And, you know, so, you know, and yeah, Dick Miller had a great long career. By the time he does Gremlins, he's almost doing it, you know, just to do a movie. Like he's, he's, you know, it's not, he, I mean, he's a great character, but he's like almost even a cameo himself at that point, you know, yeah, just people are excited just, probably to see him back. Right. I thought he was great in the second one. Um, you know, I'm except not for his wife, his wife didn't get much stuff to do. Um, it would have been cooler if they both went down and, and did stuff, you know, because I felt like they kind of left his wife out there, you know, by herself, to, you know, and then they gave Mr. Futterman all the all the stuff to do and everything, which, you know, uh, I, but I definitely but, thought there was going to be more with the wife and her camera. I thought there was going to be more because of the big bright flash that, you know, they were going to use that a lot more and they only used it once. Yep. You know, uh, so that, you know, so maybe they were. Maybe they thought about doing it more, but they decided it was just there was just too much going on. I mean, that movie was filled to the brim with gremlins. You know, like it wasn't like I think the first movie, if I remember correctly, the gremlins were there throughout, but they weren't they weren't the main like they it, it wasn't just like this one where they're like everywhere all the time, you know, or whatever. They were just there. It was more focused on. Uh, Billy and um, and Phoebe Kate's character. Um, what was her name? Um, uh, who I love, I adore her because we had just reviewed uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Uh, so uh, she was in that, but yeah, Kate. Um, interesting. Right. Phoebe Kate's play Kate. You know. Right. Right. Uh, which I think, if I'm correct, Gremlins number one was '85, right? So that means. That, yeah, that makes sense. So that's like eighty five or eighty four. Um, I want to say eighty four, but but uh, I 84. think it's eighty four. Yeah. So it was two years after Fast Times, and 
she i mean she kind of blew up you know like yeah. with that um good for her i, I love make, phoebe they make a stab at her in the first one when they talk about oh don't bring up lincoln's birthday you know because um in the first one she's like why you know if you say you don't like christmas everybody hates on it like she makes this whole big thing and i know they got a bunch of flack for her character being like i don't like christmas and so in the, in the second one, they do a, um, a thing where she goes, I don't like Lincoln's birthday, you know, and just to be silly about some holiday. Yeah, she was uh, talking about Lincoln and then she was going on and on about Lincoln and stuff. And I was like, what is going? Why? What? Huh? Is this That's some kind of joke? That, yeah, it's a joke about the first movie. It's a okay. joke about that. She goes on and on about why she doesn't like Christmas. Oh, okay. And, and tells this horrible takes story. away the story. Okay. Yeah, it, it's like it's like some backstory that doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, no. And uh, what is it? Yulisari is like, uh, I think we can talk about this another time. Right now, we're kind of dealing right. with stuff. Like, let's... Like, it, that's that's a shot in itself again. That's a criticism of the first movie again. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, I I love that. Like, I love that they can poke fun of themselves and poke fun of what's going on in this like in the original and now kind of make it for about the other one. So good. I, you know, that meant that it had a sense of humor about itself. You know, I mean, it knows, knows exactly what it is. It knows exactly what it is. And that is something right. And you know, you were, um, you were talking about the gremlins versus like, you know, in the first one, the gremlins are in it, but in this one, they're, they're really the stars of the movie. The gremlins are really, it's about them. You know, not not the other one is more about Gizmo and his like survival and you know Billy and that kind of stuff. But I thought this one, the Gremlins, really are the centerpiece. Yeah, they kind of like like you like we said like uh, uh, Gizmo's in the back, like Gizmo's hiding basically, you know, or well, not hiding, but he's got he got locked locked up, you know, or whatever, and he wasn't able to do anything, you know. So he had to he had to like hone his uh karate skills and stuff and, and start doing like little mon- little fighting montages which i thought were kind of cute you know oh that part was terrible i thought that was terrible i thought it was funny it <laughs> made me laugh it made me laugh that's all i cared about i didn't care you know it it, it would have been even funnier if it had like rocky type music and everything and he was like and then he he like bounced himself off the stuff or whatever like you thought he was gonna do something really cool and he, he wasn't able to because he's freaking small little thing you know right but he shoots a flaming white out jar at the spider and kills it <laughs> yeah baby you know, he, he rambos and, he's rambo gizmo at that point he's rambo gizmo and you know what's funny is i remembered that more fondly than when i saw it this time when i saw it this time i was like wow and That's you not, know and he, that doesn't hold up as well right it, right. And, you know, and he does all that training, like the whole montage thing, and he shoots one arrow and that's it. Like, you know, he was way more badass with a Barbie car than he was with a bow and arrow that he like trained, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I don't, yeah. The Barbie car was in uh, the first one, right? In the first one. Right. But that's God, I, mean. I need he to was, rewatch that, man. I'm glad it's on HBO. More... You know? Yeah. So that, like you were talking about, they're still going to make money on it. They're still streaming it. And it, technically, if you ask me, it's a Christmas movie. So the original I, first you know, one was a Christmas movie. So if you guys right. want to watch a Christmas movie that, you know, stars little green guys running around, you know, little brown guy, you know, with white on them, you know, uh, go check out uh, the original Gremlins and then watch Gremlins too. Cause I, even though it didn't do well in the box office, it was it was a big hit to me, you know. Like I remember I think it was a bigger hit on video, you know. More people were excited to see it on video. Um right. Thing. So I think and it was I was on every channel all the time, you know, when I when I was growing up, but TV was so different back in the early nineties. It was like USA would play revenge of the nerds and stuff now you gotta find streaming channels that have it you know like Tubi, you know or whatever right right yeah 100 percent. it's uh, definitely different yeah and i remember seeing it a lot and you know for those who say it's not a christmas movie you know gizmo is literally a gift he's a christmas gift mm -hmm. he's that's what you know so he's that the whole premise is that he's a christmas gift it's totally a christmas movie i'm hoping they would do christmas for um gremlins too right 
like right. make it be like, oh, this was set like a year later, you know, or something. And now right. he was living in New York and had a better job you know, or whatever, which they could have. They could have done the, the whole Trump Tower up in, uh, you know, in Christmas lights and, you know, or clamp tower. And clamp they could have tower. done it all. You know, they could have done it all at Christmas. And I would have thought that would have been really cool, you know. And then yeah. and you have the if you have the electric gremlin in Christmas. Oh, one other thing I loved about it was when Christopher Lee, when they go uh, in, the, in the, you know, they're in that laboratory and, and they go, do you have any bright lights? And he goes, no, but I have a whole bunch of small assault weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he goes to a locker and pulls out an Uzi. Yeah. You know? And they have a gremlin with an Uzi, and I love I love the fact that they were like they were like, no, nah, we don't have lights, but we do have weaponry. You know, yeah. that was that to me again. That was a I thought another brilliant commentary. You know? Yeah, like who cares about? We don't need lights. You know, what what do lights do? We need fucking assault rifles to take care of this situation. Which right. I mean, does it? Uh, can they get killed with a with a gun? Really? I don't I think mean, they can because they showed that one drinking milk and all of the like milk pours out of his holes. Oh, so I, yeah. I wasn't sure if he'd been shot or if, you know, because, or if he was just like, look at me, I'm squirting milk everywhere. But my impression was that he'd been shot. Well, there was that one. So that one guy who's dressed up like uh, Dracula or whatever, uh, yeah. gra- uh, grandpa, whatever, Fred or whatever his name was. Right, Grandpa uh, he, Munster, essentially, yeah. Yeah, he's Grandpa Munster, and you look like Grandpa Munster, but he was played by the uh, boss in Mrs. Doubtfire, which I thought was great, you know. Uh, Another I, like, I know actor, that guy from right. somewhere, and I looked him up, mm-hmm. and I was like, I just saw him in a movie called Thief, and he was like the mob boss in Thief with um, uh, James Caan, and I just and I, and I know him from Mrs. Doubtfire, which was like three or, three or four years later or whatever, and Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, came out and, and everything. And that was a big hit, you know. Um, did you did you catch the fact when they when they zoom in on the guy who's smoking and they fire him, the guy who's like the janitor or whatever, he sneaks into the little area and he's smoking a cigarette and they catch him. Uh, that guy is the guy. He's Mr. Klopek in the Burbs. Yeah. He's huge. He was a huge actor, that guy. Uh, yeah, no, that guy, uh, he was also on a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so I know that I, I knew his name. Um, and yeah, it was, was such a random like scene in a way. Like the cameos sometimes felt like they were like, hey, we would love for you to be in this movie. And they're like, oh, I only have a couple hours to be be able to do it. Like, come on out for a couple hours. We'll just film a small little cameo. We just want you in this movie. You know, right. Um, he doesn't even talk, but he makes these great facial expressions up at the camera and he does, you know, this really amazing stuff. And that guy is so rad because he's from the Burbs, you know, yeah. which, which also is also directed great, by Joe Dante. Where, there you go. And, you know, another great 90s, uh, you know, horror movie, uh, it, you know, again, kind of knows what it is, kind of, you know, uh, along the same lines. I mean, Dante's work to me is, is some of the better stuff. I, I, I loved it. I uh, I'm a huge fan. Like I've always been a fan of his. Um, since I knew who he was, right? Like right. when I was young, I didn't know that Joe, who Joe Dante was, you know. But I remember seeing every one of his movies, you know, all the time. And then I'm like, now I look back at him, like, good God, this dude was a, you know, uh, famous, famous, you know, guy. It's also funny enough, yeah, he, he became part of the Masters of Horror, you know, thing. And I was like thinking, I mean, Gremlins is sort of horror, but like, has he right. direct? I don't think he's directed any actual like horror movie, you know. Um, I, I mean, technically, The Burbs is a horror film, but it's not. It's like a horror comedy. And yeah, I think that's what Gremlins is supposed to be—a horror comedy. Yeah, you know. So I think maybe he's maybe that's his thing. I did not see his Masters of Horror. I, I might have. That was a while ago when I saw. I was watching those Masters of Horror movies. Um, so I don't know if I saw his or not. Um, now I'm trying to find who Henry Gibson. Okay, Henry Gibson was the fired employee, and right. he was very famous. Um, he worked with Joe Dante a lot, um, I believe. You said he was in the Burbs. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other one he was in? Um, uh, like uh, I know he's been in. A ton of different things. Uh, employee p- uh, fired for smoking is his title. Right. Yeah. That's he, yeah. 
it's Werner, uh, it was like Werner Klopek, Dr. Werner Klopek and uh, the Burbs. He was in Inner Space, which was Joe Dante. Uh, so Joe Dante likes to work with the same people. And yeah. I like that. Like, you know, they have Dick Miller is a typical, you know, Joe Dante guy. That guy's worked on a lot of them. Uh, uh, Robert Picardo has acted in a ton. So right. they, he just likes to use a lot of the same actors. And then he puts them in like a sequel if he didn't put them in the first one, you know, or whatever. And I think that's that's awesome. Um, I really would like to see Joe Dante do more stuff, you know, like I, I know. I mean, he's, he's a little older now, but I bet he can, you know, seriously make something really good, you know, now, like especially about this time period, even if it's not Gremlins 3 and get somebody else for that. You know, it'd be nice to see him do something that's a commentary on social networking and or, you know, um, horrors of that kind of stuff. And, and you know what? That would be a per- this is a perfect time to do something like that. I think if they do Gremlins 3, it has to be a commentary. I think they have to keep it in that tradition and make it a commentary. And, you know, the fact that now we all have phones in our pockets, the fact that we all have, you know, social media is like you said, I think that that's a perfect opportunity to do to do a movie like that. It would have to be a commentary on how divisive, you know, the the world is right now. You know, like there's this group that hates this group that hates that group that hates, you know, there's these people that are all kind of sanctioned out and different. And, you know, um, I don't want to say anything specific, but, you know, because there's just so much of that going on that, you know, you, you, you can get it. You know, and then just talk about that and how, you know, um, whatever. You know, there's there's plenty of things to talk about now. You know, um, that's what used to be what horror was about. Horror wasn't right. about just some guy in a chainsaw, you know, slashing people up. It was generally even Texas Chainsaw Massacre was about, you know, commentary on society at that time. Nowadays, it's just about a, a, a guy in a chainsaw killing people. But that, that's not necessarily true. There was that wokeness in uh, whatever, in uh, chainsaw, the new chainsaw thing that they were making fun of, poking fun of and everything and stuff. So there was a little commentary, you know, on it. You know, horror movies always have reflected the time. Uh, you know, like you said, you know, it, during when Texas Chainsaw was made, people were literally going missing in Texas. And, you know, so they they wrote a story about it, essentially, and, you know, about a group of kids and they go missing. And, you know, and so it's it's a horror has always reflected people, societal fears. And so, you know, it is it's always a commentary. One of the reasons why I love the genre is because it really does. It's it's not, you know, creating something. It's it's creating something that we're afraid of at the moment, because, like, you know, we're not afraid of Frankenstein right now, but we are afraid of things like, you know, like you said, the, the not being together, not not seeing each other as people or, you know, we're afraid of things like home invasions. We're afraid of things like, you know, um, being stalked online and, you know, those kind of things. School shootings, are- regular shootings, you know, exactly. things like that. I mean, that's the real fear in life, you know, right. and sadly, nobody wants to take on that you know, or whatever. And I get it because, you know, it's, it's tough to, to, to do a horror film about something that's literally the most horrific, probably thing that's happening in, in the world right now, you know, right. um, You know, but that's that's how we get a show like Handmaid's Tale, you know, because it's a commentary on what's, you know, what's trying, what's going on, you know, and we get shows like that, that are, that are, you know, and when you think about in the 80s, when we're talking about, you know, 1984 gremlins, you know, we're, we're just beginning to put this kind of technology in our homes. You know, computers are getting ready to come in. You know, everybody's got getting a computer. You know, you got Apple, you know, getting on the scene and you got, you know, Nintendo's in your house, Atari's in your house, those things. And, you know, the technology is, is you know, becoming a thing. And that's it's ripe for climate for something like gremlins to happen. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, the last thing I'll share, because we'll have to wrap this up. But the last thing I want to share is uh, I know you aren't a big fan of of how, I guess, Gizmo was this time, you know, the look and everything. But I did love when he talked. Every time he talked, I just got goosebumps. It was Howie Mandel did the voice and he I keep forgetting he did the voice of, 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 of him, but he did such a great job. And it's always like 
you know, at the end when he's like, you know, kind of thing, but you couldn't really hear it. And then he was like, HP, you know, right? Or empty, right? You know, right? right. And I just thought, yeah. oh man, he's so cute. I want, I want my own little gizmo. Problem you know, is, he's I, such a pain in the butt. I don't, I want one that doesn't have to, you know, you can feed after midnight and doesn't turn into these little fuckers, you know. Um, right. But I guess that's what a Mogwai is. You know, and right, Howie Mandel does the voice, and Howie Mandel does the is, you know, obviously the voice of Bobby's world, and it's a really similar voice that Bobby has and Gizmo have. It's a, it's a really similar, you know, kind of sound that they both make. They're both kind of, you know, that young sort of Child. childlike voice. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and, and I think Gizmo is intended to be cute. That's why there were stuffed animals on him. You know, yeah. that's, uh, you know, and that's why people say, oh, is, you know, is Grogu based off him? Or, you know, is, you know, are these characters based off, you know, Gizmo? And even Furby was, you know, supposedly a gremlin. You know, basically, so, yeah, right, because he's adorable. Yeah, I would, I, yeah, I never even thought about that. I remember Furby, and I was like, "Is that Gizmo? Like, looks like looks like a Mogwai to me, you know?" And I guess and they, they didn't have one. any licensing for it, so they like did, that. They did license one. There is a, a Gizmo Furby. It does exist. Wow, I wonder how much that, that's got to cost to get a pretty penny now. You yeah, know? maybe now. Now I would say it's probably pretty popular. Yeah, I would bet it's you know somebody would want it now for sure but you know back then it was just another wow look at that kind of thing you know <laughs> yeah wow look at that look at what they made there <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> exactly right. well know, thank you for, so much we're, oh we're man gonna... it, absolutely it's it's always my pleasure to join your shows brother yeah it was fun um i i i really enjoyed this like i enjoyed re-watching this uh you know it's not my favorite film of all time or anything but it's it's you know it's definitely up there with movies i'd i'd be very happy to just sit back and watch again you know like if i'm a sick and i'm trying to find something on hbo max just double across gremlins 2 again i'm like okay. but i'd probably watch gremlins 1 again first you know or whatever i think that's i, I it like and it's not saying that this movie isn't terrible it's just it 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 I think when it gets too much going on and everything, it kind of loses the focus of really everything else. You know, it becomes more like what gremlin can get into the trouble here or over here, but can they start playing with, you know, and everything. And it's just, it, it just gets to be a bit too much to me. And uh, I think if uh, I guess my ADHD is fine with that, you know, kind of like it being so much, but I do like sometimes to just be able to focus on the story, you know, and everything. Right. This was definitely a visual experience. Uh, definitely a, a popcorn movie, you know, not something uh, you like you said, it's not going to be the best movie you ever saw, but it was definitely not the worst movie I ever saw. Oh, no. no, by far. Uh, I think with Leonard Moulton giving it three stars, um, honestly, if I had to give it anything, I'd probably give it four. I mean, it was fun. Um, but I would probably give like the original Gremlins like five, you know, like out of five stars. You know what I mean? So this is just a a, a star lower. What would you probably give it? You know, I I think I have to agree with Malton on this. I'd go with a three. Um, and I think the original is probably a four to me. I, I kind of reserve five for something like you know Raiders of the Lost Ark or some kind of perfect movie. So I think perfect. I think the original one would be like a four. And, I, uh, I don't yeah. know. I always thought the first one was sort of perfect. I don't know. Even though like it wasn't as crazy and and it did stay in like one location, mainly not focused mainly on the gremlins. I thought it was it did have a lot of gremlins action and stuff. I remember poor was it miss futterman or whatever else or somebody no it wasn't her but it was somebody was set up a fucking electric you know uh chair or whatever and you know thrown out a window and everything i just remember that as like an image that'll always haunt my head of like oh god i hope something like that never happens to me jesus you know, you know <laughs> like, it's scary. funny that because Whenever I see those things, those automatic chairlifts that used to take people up the staircase, I think that of that movie where it fl flings her out the roof. <laughs> there you go. So there yeah. you go. Gremlins giving you, giving you nasty thoughts, you know. But having you remember the movie, so that's it. That that was like this. This movie had some, you know. I'd always remember the uh, Rambo scene. 
you know, because I right. think I saw it in the trailers like a billion times, you know, to the point where it was, you know, that's just what it was, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, everybody, uh, this is the last episode of 2022. Uh, so I will see you guys next year. Uh, with a new guest. I have no idea who it will be. I don't know exactly what we're doing yet, but it will be in January. Uh, and I am super excited because 90s horror is some of the most fun to me. You know, um, a lot of people love 80s and some people like 70s. I grew up in the 90s, really. You know, I was I was more a kid and, and a teenager in the 90s. These were the times that I was watching horror films. So it was these are kind of my movies, you know? And so I'm really excited to share it with everybody else. So once again, thank you, Jason. This was amazing having you on and I'm sure I'll have you on again, even for something else, you know? <laughs> so, Definitely. Uh, but everybody else, I uh, hope you enjoyed this and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks again.